Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode 70, Creating a Teacher Resume That Stands Out. Today, I'm interviewing Marie Morris about writing that dreaded resume. I love how Marie frames writing resumes as a way that you're really just trying to get the attention of a hiring manager or a principal so that you can get that job interview. She frames this in a really interesting way at the very end of this podcast, so make sure you stick with us till the very end. One quick thing, if you have not signed up for Teacher Summer Reboot, head over to educatorstoeducators.com. This is a free conference, guys. It is all about supporting all students, which the timing could not be better for this free teacher conference. So make sure you head over there and get registered so that you're getting all the updates and email information. Also, we have opened an Etsy shop. That's right. We have fun merchandise. We just sold out of both the blue and teal I Support All Students t-shirts over there, but we have plenty of really fun stickers and notebooks that you can get before the conference or just whenever you want. You can find all of our fun E2E merchandise over at etsy.com backslash shop backslash educators to educators. Of course, as always, all the links are in the show notes. All right, let's get started with this wonderful interview with Marie Morris. Marie, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Carrie, thank you so much for having me. I am just so excited that we're sitting down together because I have never met you in real life. I only know you through really being an E2E presenter, which you've done a magnificent job at our E2E conferences, but also from following you on Instagram and reading your blog and now your new podcast. And I really do think that if we live near each other, we would probably be inseparable. I think you're totally right. I mean, I like, I enjoy pretty much everything that you put, not pretty much. I enjoy everything that you put out there, Carrie. No, I know what you mean. Like, I feel like we really fell into a pattern really quickly together. <laughs> like the first time we talked, it was like, oh, so we've been friends our entire lives. Cool. Yes. We talked yeah. about phone the first time because <laughs> you were getting ready to be a presenter. And, yeah. up. and then I was like, I really have to go cook dinner. And then we would talk for another 10 minutes. Yeah, and then we ended up like talking through it. I know. <laughs> Well, um, you're a mom, you're a teacher, you are a writer, you're an author, you're now a podcaster. So I'm so excited that you're here today. We're talking about teacher resumes. And I think you and I are going to have a great conversation about teacher resumes. Um, Absolutely. Time of year where you've got to get your resume together. Maybe you know that this was coming or maybe unexpectedly you have to switch jobs. So this is a topic I don't think people really love is resumes, but we're going to make it as fun as possible. I think, and well, and I think that one of the things that we don't necessarily love about it is that it's really like anxiety ridden. Like it can be really scary, but it doesn't have to be. So I'm excited that we get to talk about it and just like debunk some of the scary parts and just break it down to be like, really, everybody has to do this and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, before we dive in, can you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself and who you are? I am absolutely happy to. So yes, my name is Marie Morris and my little corner of the internet is called The Caffeinated Classroom because I am a very proud caffeine addict. No, I just love coffee. I just, I really love it. It's a thing I have to like 
I'm very particular about my coffee. I'm that girl. Um, but I am just finishing up my 13th year of teaching. Most of that time has been in the high school classroom, both in the English language arts, which is what I currently teach now. I also ran my school's theater arts program for about five years. Um, I've done a little stint as like a traveling teacher in elementary, but that was just kind of, I learned more than I actually gave during that time. <laughs> uh, like, man, is there a lot to learn from elementary teachers when you are a secondary teacher? Like, one room, same kids all day. I'm picturing you like almost like a like a three ring circus when you were talking about that. Like, yeah, um, not that I believe in circuses and what they do to animals, but I'm just saying, like, I'm picturing you with like carts and bags and like running from one school to another. It's, that's how it likes. It was one of those things where it started out that way, where I was like pulling like a speaker boombox thing, and I had a lunch, and I had a cooler because I was a nursing mother at the time. And so I was producing milk. It was absolutely, I don't even know that it was a circus so much as just like utter chaos. <laughs> but then I like got down to like a backpack and a lunchbox. And I was like, okay, I think I got this. By the way, I need to be back in the high school classroom. So my, I mean, my place is definitely in a high school classroom with teenagers who are oddly enough, just like pre-kindergartners in that they still have, high, uh, like high functioning, hilarious things that come out of their mouths. They have a lot of emotional needs that need to be met. It's like all the same. It's just different vocabularies and they like have different, you know, heights basically is what I figured out in teaching elementary to high school. And I love it. Um, but I am born and raised in San Diego, California. That's where I still am. And that's where my husband and I, who is also a teacher are raising our kids. Yeah. I actually started teaching though in the, uh, in 2007, 2008 was my first year of teaching. And so I am very well versed in the teacher resume and the teacher interview because I had to do a million of them because the recession hit and there were no jobs. And anyway. well, it sounds like I mean, yeah. <laughs> a lot of really cool experiences and done a lot of different things, which I think is part of what probably makes your resume amazing <laughs> to be frank. Um, one of the biggest things that I see, I do help people with their resumes a lot. And I'm, I'm sure you see this too, is that um, a lot of times when a teacher sends me a resume, it's very sparse. Like it looks empty. Yeah. And I, I liked, um, I was watching on your blog, one of your, your videos about teacher resumes. And I liked one of the things that you said about like really thinking about the unique things about yourself that can help you fill up your resume. But before we go there, <laughs> can we talk about keeping it clean? Yes. Because oh you my goodness. About this, so that's where I want to start. Then I, uh, and those of you that are not new to the ETWE podcast, you know, I'm obsessed with the number three. We try to kind of keep things in threes. So we're going to talk about like keeping your resume clean, the way it looks. We're going to yep. talk about like diversifying your resume and filling it up. And then also about how you can kind of cater your resume and cover letter to the actual job you're applying to. So Absolutely. Let's talk about keeping it clean. Okay. So as you know, a veteran teacher, um, I am not, I, I am not shy when it comes to a theme. Like I like to tart things up quite a bit in my classroom, in my curriculum, in my house. I'm always changing things. And my husband's like, enough, the couch is fine. Leave it where it is. Stop with the pillows. Like I like embellishment. I like to make things really feel unique and fun and whatever. That is not necessarily the place 
<laughs> on a resume, though, for too much personality. It's one of those things where the actual aesthetic look of a resume needs to be just as professional when you're applying for a teaching job as it would if you were applying for a job in corporate finance, right? Like, it's, I, I think that where sometimes teaching gets away from looking quote unquote professional or what am I trying to say? Cause we're not, I mean, education is a multi-billion dollar business in our country. And I, I think that we need to treat it more as such as professionals. It doesn't mean to like be cold, but when it comes to things that are straight up business, like a resume, we need to reflect our professionalism in the look and let the yeah. content within sing for itself. Right. So, and those aesthetics that you're talking about, yeah, like a, pen, a big pencil or a big apple or yeah, lots of colors. Like the, the one thing I always share when um, I do resume reviews with people is the first thing, the first thing I say is don't send me your resume in advance. I actually don't want to see it until we get on a live, like in screen share. Okay. And the statistics show that when people are going to look at a resume, they spend six seconds looking at your resume and deciding whether they want to interview you. And so if you have a bunch of clip art or distracting colors, you're going to spend two of those six seconds getting over that clip art, your eye visually. So you want to make it. So it's like, this is, this is who the person is. This is what they want. This is why I should hire them. And so if you are adding color or some type of like aesthetic, you know, flair, it needs to help the reader. Absolutely. It needs to augment versus cover. Yeah. There's the English teacher. Yes. So, well, so, better vocabulary <laughs> well, no, I mean the reason really that I, so I sat down and I thought to myself, okay, I'm making, you know, videos and creating content for my blog. What do people need? And a lot of new teachers and even teachers that are changing jobs, like we were saying during this time of year, it's hiring season. And I just started to think, okay, what would I tell people? Like, I know what mine looks like and I know what a good resume can look like. And I know what a not great resume can look like. The content within them could be exactly the same, but the first thing, like you're saying, is how we see it. And so I thought about it in the way that I teach my students to make like a presentation. Like, how, you know, we, one of the things we go over is like a Google Slides presentation. We're not going to teach our students to put big chunks of text on a slide that the audience has to read, or we're not going to teach our students to use a red background with like yellow writing, even though they think it looks cool, right? But you need to speak to your audience. It's not, the resume isn't for the applicant, it's yep. for the employers. Yep. So like looking for, looking through ourselves at the person who's going to be reading it, that's who we're aiming for. So it's like always keeping that in mind because it is really tempting to get stuck in the, like what I call the embellishment trap where you're like, oh, but like I could put my bitmoji here. And I, like you said, I could put a giant pencil here. And then that's where I'm talking about my writing philosophy. And it's like, right. If you just say writing, I don't really, I don't need a pencil to know that you're talking about writing. I'm good. I can read it. It's fine. <laughs> well, and if you want to <laughs> highlight something, you, it's okay to maybe use a sidebar. Like I, yeah. I'm, I do Canva has a lot of beautiful, actually, um, resume templates that I really like a lot of them make the mistake. And I see this mistake all the time too. We're making your name like two tenths of the whole page, right? Um, like you're a, like your personal brand logo. Yes, and you're like, exactly. I thought you wanted a teaching job, not an influencer job. What are we yeah, doing? Exactly. <laughs> you 
have to think of that as like a, I mean, one of the number one questions I get is like, can my resume be two pages? And I'm like, absolutely. As long as you're using the real estate of the page correctly. So um, I think thinking of the page as real estate, every corner, every centimeter matters. So don't make your name ginormous, but you can use like a colored sidebar to maybe give some of the stats about who you are, how long you- Absolutely. And like when it comes to something like a professional resume, maybe pictures aren't the professional piece, you know, like visuals can lie in, like you're saying, like a sidebar with like a graphic behind it, you know, like a square (laughs) that, that differentiates it a little bit and like bold lettering and that sort of a thing, but it doesn't need to be cutesy in order to get attention. Um, that's where you're going to want to rely on your merit and really like make yourself shine instead of your clip art. Well, and and let's move into like really how to fill up your resume, because I I see this a lot too, is people put a lot of time in that aesthetic of having the sidebar and putting their picture Mm -hmm. in the big name. But then when you go to the meat and bones of their resume, the actual text, there's, it's just seems sparse a lot. So how do you really fill that resume up? Especially if you're a brand new teacher or you've only been teaching for a year or two. I mean, I would say this, I would say, I, I think that a lot of the aesthetic piece and like filling up with embellishment comes from like an, ins- and I'm not going to say fear, but like an anxiety of like, I don't know what to put on this. So I'm just yeah, going to fill it. Right. Which yeah. I totally empathize with. Like I get it. I, when I sit and I go, what should I be putting on a resume or when I'm teaching seniors and they're like, Mrs. Morris, I haven't lived a life outside of high school yet. What do I put on a resume? Because we (laughs) make our seniors make a resume. I think to myself, well, what do you want to be? And why do you want to be it? And what can you bring to that? And like start that brainstorming process. So like for a teacher who feels like you don't know what to put on your resume, sit there and think to yourself, well, where do you imagine yourself working with students? What is that going to be like? Where are your interests? Why do you want to do this? What are the things that you want to be able to do and like the activities that you want to be able to do? And things, sure enough, will start popping in to populate that space. Like I I actually have gotten a few questions along this same line of like, well, how far back in my life do I go when it comes to like things I can do? Um, like to put on your resume. Like if I'm going to be a teacher, do I talk about what I did in high school? And I'm like, well, I, I did, I do. Like I was a cheerleader in high school and then I coached cheer after high school. So like, if that's something that I would potentially want an employer to think about me doing, yeah, I'm going to put cheer coach and whatever varsity, blah, 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 captain something cheer. I don't remember. That was a very long time ago when I was actually a child. Um, But those things can fit because they make sense. I'm not going to put that, like, I'm really great at making friendship bracelets and lanyards because, like, does that make sense for me (laughs) applying as a high school English teacher? Not so much. But if you turn making lanyards into a little business... Sure, absolutely. Or the fact that I was making lanyards because I was a camp counselor. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally on my teacher resume. Even though that was 15 years ago, I still have those skills and I still have that, like energy and that sort of a presence that I got from camp counseling that comes into my classroom, as long as there's a purpose for it being there, then totally fair game. And if you're, you're, you're having trouble thinking about it, I always say, well, why do you want to be a teacher? What do you want to do with students? Like, what do you want your classroom to be like? Because that will help that why, you know, like business that are like, find your why, but really find your why. And then that will help inform what you hope to get hired for. And, and I think if you're stuck, 
build a timeline out of your life. Of totally. The last 10 years. Like for me right now at my age and everything I've done in the world of education, no one cares where I went to college, what my GPA was and if oh, I was yeah. in clubs, even in college, like they want to know my work history. But if you don't have the work history, go to a couple of job descriptions, go to a couple of teaching job descriptions and read through, look for what words they're using and then think, you know, if you see collaboration a lot in the job description, that's very important to them. You can go back and say, okay, when I was a camp counselor, how did I show that I was a collaborative colleague? Absolutely. How did I build those skills and what sort of evidence do I, I mean, it's just like writing a paper. It's like, okay, where are my reasons? What evidence do I have to back it up? And how can I analyze to prove that or, you know, to like really explain it all and make it really yep. transparent. And I think, um, one of the things I really liked that you talked about in your blog video, um, or your vlog, I guess, would that be a vlog? That, yeah, I guess that's a vlog. vlog. That one was like a sit down video, you know? Yeah. Your videos, <laughs> every time I like watch your videos, they're so soothing and you have like this candle lit behind you. Oh yeah. And want to be over at your house having a glass of wine with you, but <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, um, I liked how you're talking about like customizing it. So we're kind of already going there, but how do you customize your resume and cover letter for particular schools? Cause not every school is the same. Totally. I mean, that's where, so like if your resume is your resume, your resume reflects who you are, who you either are as a professional or hope to be as a professional educator, right? Like that is on there. And I do have to make this note that Every time I applied for a job or like every year that I got laid off because California was having a real hard time in <laughs> at that, at that point, um, I would, I would change it. I would tweak it. I would get some more experience. I would gain some more insight and change it. So like your resume doesn't have to sit in cement, like it's absolutely fluid and it can change where you get to then tailor it exactly to who your audience exactly is, is in your cover letter, like you were just saying. And that's where I say, take out your computer and let your fingers do the work, doing some Google research and really digging into who these schools are. Um, Cause if it's worth your time applying and hopefully getting an interview, then you're going to need to make sure that a, you like what you see in how the school puts themselves out there, but then also that the school can see you as a part of their culture and a part of their community. So like being able to tailor things within your brief cover letter to speak to their particular school goes so far in the principal or the assistant principal that's reading it. So like, yeah, I mean, even just looking at a school's website and then looking at like campus or students or, you know, like looking through a few of their tabs you can read so much into what that school feels like and the personality of that campus. And then that can start to speak to like, I see that athletics are very important. I was a varsity athlete. I also played a little bit in college. I would absolutely be interested in coaching. Like those sorts of things, if that's true, if you would be interested in coaching, um, you never know. how. If nothing else, even if they're not looking for a coach, you've made a connection because you've shown that you're, looking, you're not just looking for a job. You're not looking for a handout of a job, but you want to be part of something. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I think I couldn't agree more that, I mean, I've now worked for years and years and years with superintendents and principals, mm -hmm. and they're really looking for teachers that want to be part of the community, um, and really want to like see themselves long-term at a school. Absolutely. And I'd say now more than ever, we're like at the time that we're recording this, 
I'm still doing distance learning because we are still in the midst of a pandemic. And that community piece is like the only thing that's keeping us together. The fact that we all feel like we're we're the Broncos at my school. Like we are Broncos and we are in this together, even though I haven't seen half my friends. I haven't seen any of my friends in real life, but like, you know, in months, um, when somebody joins our staff, they become a part of that. And so if I'm then looking to join a staff as an applicant, I'm going to want to know what I'm becoming part of. So it's self-serving as well. It's not just for the people who are going to be potentially interviewing you, but it's also for you to say like, oh yeah, I, there are plenty of schools that I thought about, like had on my list when I was initially looking for jobs. And then I went, nope, yeah. <laughs> I don't fit. You might take your first teaching job just to get a first teaching job. For sure. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But you're going to learn quickly um, what what you really want in that home. And I just think that now more than ever, ever principals and school leadership are like, we want people that are going to go through the hard times and be a team player. With well, them. for <laughs> sure. Yeah, there, there, there are plenty of teachers out there that are like, you know, I see on Instagram that are like, if this e-learning is happening in the fall, like I'm out of here. And that's scary for school leadership. Like I know the times are hard. Oh I yeah. Talking all of you, but they're looking for the people that in these tough times are going to have the characteristics of like, yes, this is hard. Yes. I hate this, but we're going to get through this together. Exactly. But we're doing this together. Exactly. I mean, I hate it. I absolutely loathe what we're doing. Every time I have to grade, I go into a deep depression every Friday and then I have to like pull myself back out of it. <laughs> seeing my roster of kids who I don't get to see every day is sad and it stinks. But then I call one of my colleagues and that community is restored. Um, yeah. But as somebody going into like as a brand new teacher right now, that has got to be one of the scariest things, but there's also such a great potential to just be like, I'm ready. I'm in, I'm going to be helpful. Yep. Absolutely. And I think going back to just really catering your resume through your cover letter, make sure that you Go through that cover letter with a fine tooth comb. I can't tell you how many times I've seen companies or school names spelled wrong. Oh gosh, how many yeah. I've seen the <laughs> wrong school name on a cover letter because they're mass producing. So make sure you do that with a fine tooth comb to make sure that cover letter. I mean, you're teaching, so if you have an error, it's probably not going to look so great. Not so great. Oh yeah, exactly. And the other thing about a cover letter, just like like I always say with the resume, keep it brief, keep it maybe front and back of a page. And I know that different people have different views on that because if you have enough to talk about, then like, yeah, talk about it. Your cover letter should not go over a page. No, no, it should be like a few paragraphs. Yeah. It's going to be Tim. No one's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, do not. And, and frankly, with your, uh, with your resume, going back to that formatting, one thing I want to point out, um, and I hate to go back, but I think this is is when you do put something on your resume, use data and use what I like to say, like in your bullet points, the cause and effect. So that'll help you fill it up with good stuff. So if you made lanyards at <laughs> summer camp as a counselor, you know, I'm totally making this up, but like uh, taught, you know, stu- taught campers how to make 500 lanyards, which we sold to, you know, don't, we sold and made, you know, $350 to donate to kids that care or whatever. Like uh-huh. filling it up with cause and effect, like I did this and this was the result of my action that's what people want to see. They don't want to see like full sentences on your resume about like, I was a camp counselor and a great leader and I blah, blah, blah. Like, what did you do? 
How did it have impact on kids? Well, because the other thing is the resume is an invitation to please ask me for an interview, right? Yes. Like, so we always have to remember what's our purpose here. You're trying to get an interview. I, I don't know that I know anybody who has been hired as a teacher or an educator at all off of just a resume. You always have to interview in some fashion. So that resume is like the teaser. It's that you want to interview me because you want to know more about this. I love that. <laughs> I lo- I've never heard anyone say it that way. And I absolutely love that. It's like, it's like when we're looking at like in the blogging world, right? Like your tagline, yeah. it's to get somebody to click to, to learn more. Your resume is like, please click to learn more. Call me, interview me. I love that. Well, I think <laughs> a better way to like wrap up talking about resumes than that analogy. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about what's going on with you, your blog, this new podcast that Amanda and you have launched, which I'm so proud of you and happy for oh, you guys. Thank you. So, it's so exciting. Find you and uh, connect with you and learn more from you. Well, so my hub, like I said, is the caffeinated classroom. So I am, um, my blog is the caffeinated classroom.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, but you know, that's just kind of fun. And I like to connect with people there. The, the bulk of my content is on my blog. And then, yes, like you were saying, Amanda from Mud and Ink Teaching and I, she and I have become also fast, very good friends. We started a podcast together this spring called Brave New Teaching, where we are two high school English teachers, um, but we're not just talking, like you don't have to be an ELA teacher to be able to appreciate what we talk about. Um, talking about all kinds of different things having to do with education, having to do with teaching, and really talking about shaking up the status quo because we have both been teaching long enough that we can see that there are a lot of places that saying, well, that's because how we've always done, that's how we've always done it. That's why we do it that way. It's just not good enough. And we feel comfortable at a place in our careers where we know the questions to ask and we know the answers that we're looking for. And we are happy to dive into those things. Amazing. And we love it. It's so fun. I feel like both you and Amanda are who you say you are on social media. Like when I think about both of your social media um, profiles, like on Instagram and what you present, that is who both of you really are. (laughs) And I love that authentic approach to what you're doing. See, and I feel the same way. I feel the same way about you, Carrie. I feel like there's also something about it. Like when you have enough going on in your life, you're like, how does anybody have time to put up a facade? (laughs) I'm like, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and I teach full time. And I'm like loving connecting with people through this like side business thing that I have going on. Who has time to like pretend? (laughs) I don't know either. Doesn't it? I wouldn't keep track. I know. Like who, who was I last week? Right. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited about your podcast. I'm a huge fan of yours. You're going to be back on the podcast all of you, I know you're listening to this in the early, the end of school year, early summer months. I want you to make sure you are signed up for Teacher Summer Reboot, our free virtual online conference that we, you know, had over 12,000 teachers register. Yeah, you year. guys, this conference is so good. And I mean, granted, I have a little bit of bias because I'm on like the presenter side of things, but I'm looking at this going, oh my God, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to sit in my jammies and sit my coffee in my backyard and like learn from all these amazing, amazing educators that you have lined up. It's so good. Well, the theme of supporting all students, yes. and we approached like that. We approached the like kind of presenter recruitment process a little in a little bit of a different way this time because 
the theme was so specific with yeah. the supporting all students. But I have to, I mean, the presentations are just, and the topics are just so important. So before we go really quick, tell everyone what you're presenting on. So they make sure that they check out your presentation. Okay. So I think like we were saying, like there's such good presentations this year because people are especially passionate about inclusion and about reaching and supporting all students. And so that's exactly how I feel about my presentation. I'm talking about restorative practices, restorative justice, and what it really looks like in a classroom. The strategies that we learn, um, like I went through the restorative justice training through the San Diego County Office of Education. So I talk about that experience, but not everybody's been through that. It is though a big buzz sort of word topic that's going through education right now is restorative practices. So I talk about what we learn and then what it actually looks like with actual real life students and how to make these practices and strategies work like within your own classroom. Awesome, such a good topic. You did an amazing job. I can't wait for everybody to see it. So go register if you haven't at educatorstoeducators.com. Marie, thank you so much for your time during this hectic, crazy time of year. No, this is like refreshing. These conversations, I go, okay, I think I actually can have my live meeting with my students today and not feel like I'm gonna crumple on the floor. So thank you, Carrie. Well, that makes me so happy. This well, has been nice. Here and have an amazing day. Thank you so much.